0: The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric
1: Little. Welcome to another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Again, I am the namesake. Thank you for joining us this week. This week we got a busy show. We'll take a look at the poll this week. We also have Some sound from head coaches at Williamstown, Marietta, Parkersburg, Tyler Consolidated, Payton City, and River. As our Facebook preseason series continues, we visited with some coaches over on the Facebook side, and we'll also have a new poll for you coming this week, and we'll preview our Countdown to Kickoff preseason preview show that's coming up Friday on the stations of Seven Rangers Radio. If you're not familiar, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is a weekly podcast about high school football in the mid-Ohio Valley, West Virginia and Ohio. We drop this podcast every Wednesday, and you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts and look for it on SoundCloud as well. It's been a busy week, and I'll be honest, I had this episode mostly cut on Tuesday and then had to completely recut it. it's a good thing I didn't cut it Monday, because the lead story for Monday would have been different than it was Tuesday, which would have been different than it is today. And I feel like this is not the first time that's going to happen this season. As you all have probably heard by now, the SSAC over the weekend had released the news that marching bands would not be permitted at high school football games this year. That was, as you might imagine, met with a lot of protests on line. There were reports even of people going to Charleston. It got to the point it was such an unpopular move that yesterday Governor Jim Justice basically said, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to find a way to make this work. And he basically gave... The SSAC, the Department of Education, and other stakeholders, a directive to figure out how to do it. So the SSAC released some guidelines yesterday for marching band participation in 2020. We'll get to those guidelines in just a few minutes. But before we get into the guidelines, and there are lots of things to get into there, let's talk about how asinine the entire scenario was. That it took a lot of voices stepping up, some with marching bands, some that weren't in the marching band... ...and some that just wanted what was right for the kids. It took all those voices stepping up to reverse that policy. And that's really kind of indicative of how life is in 2020. With social media, we've never been closer to institutions than ever before. If I get a bad meal at a fast food place, I can tweet that burger joint... ...and describe my dissatisfaction, maybe with some pictures... ...and they'll get right back to me if they're managed by a good social media team. But that possibility exists now where it didn't exist before. That your voice on social media... Not just that, but in general. People protest now more than they used to because we're an empowered society that feels like our voices can be heard. And our voices have been heard. And people's voices were heard this week. Marching bands are reinstated. But let's go back to last week because on last week's program, I gave executive director of the WVSSAC, Bernie Dolan, a lot of credit for a statement he made in the August 13th meeting of the West Virginia State Board of Education. He went in there and met with the state board and said, quote, there is always risk of participation in any activity, but there is clearly risk of no participation. I'd given Bernie a lot of credit for sticking up for the kids and sticking up and showing why it is that it's important for student-athletes to participate. Of course, that pertained to football, because that's what we were talking about on this program, but that meeting is what cleared the way with the state board for fall sports to continue. And juxtapose that with less than two weeks later, you're telling students in an entirely different discipline that their activity not only will be reduced, but will not happen in 2020. Now, we all know that with 2020 and with coronavirus, or we all should have at least expected, that this would not be a high school football season as normal. We've talked about that on the podcast. There have been some rule changes. The crowds, of course, and we'll get into that in a moment, the crowds are being limited at a lot of places. And we make it to a point where there may not be many people at all at high school games. And just to keep the attendance numbers down and we'll allow these games to enforce social distancing to the points so that we can still have these games and so these kids can still participate in their, in their sport. And we can do so safely without risking a large public outbreak. Uh, We knew those things would be different. Cheer is going to look different. The football game itself, fall sports will look different. But I don't think anyone envisioned an entire segment of the student body population would be completely disenfranchised from the process. It's the Secondary Schools Activities Commission, not the Secondary Schools Athletics Commission. And I think people forget that sometimes. In addition to sports, that's an organization that oversees cheer and marching band, which are often seen by people of sports. And I'm not even going to get into the marching band as a sport debate. I think it's silly. No, I don't think it's a sport. It shouldn't try to be a sport. It's a fine art, and there's nothing wrong with it being a fine art. Most importantly, that's to me the biggest fallacy in that argument, but, but that's an organization that sanctions extracurricular activities in this state. So by saying that one is okay and one is not okay, that sets a terrible precedent and sends a terrible message for the exact reason that it makes you hypocritical, makes that statement you made about participation hypocritical. That statement you made less than two weeks ago was rendered hypocritical before that ruling was reversed. Just this week, I had somebody tell me marching band was his escape from an alcohol mother. I graduated high school with a guy who holds a doctorate in a music and marching band related field, but he holds that from Marshall University proudly and leads marching bands and works with marching bands throughout the region and has done so successfully for a long time. I have a cousin that holds a doctorate in music. He was a member of the Marietta High School Wall of Sound. He marched for the Ohio University marching band and now is an instructor at the college level out west, whereas football and pretty much every other sport and extracurricular activity, it's an extra thing that people do, an activity in a way to keep kids engaged. For musicians, it can lead to a career. And of course, I know you can get drafted and go play in the NFL, go play in the NBA. The chances of doing that are not nearly as good as they are of getting a terminal degree in a music field and turning that into a career and being an educator. But in marching band, you're not just offering an escape for kids that need an escape, but you're also offering potentially an activity that could lead to a career. We could potentially be career plan with this group of students. So there's a big education piece to this. But there's also that escapism. We've talked about how many of the football coaches I've talked to, they know their student-athletes are in bad situations, and that's why it pained them to be away from those student-athletes for as long as they were under COVID. We too often think that these coaches want to get back to practicing with these kids and want to get them back in the weight room for purely football purposes. Many of them do. Many of them have football in mind, but there are a lot of these coaches that know which student-athletes come from bad situations? Who needs to be out of a home for a few hours a day? Who has no other means of escape? Who needs that structure and discipline and the positive role models that athletics provide? The same applies for marching band. That's an activity as well that brings 40 to 50 people or more or fewer, but usually that or more, brings that group together and gives them something to participate in, gives them something to look forward to. The same guy that was telling me about escaping from an alcoholic mother said that was the release every week. They live for getting out on that field every Friday and getting to do their thing in front of the crowd. By allowing one activity to proceed and saying that the other could not happen, that was essentially saying that one group of students and their activity was more important than another group of students and their activity. And this is where money comes in, because there's no mistaking that football is what brings these schools and the SSAC their money. The schools make the profits during the regular season. The SSAC would like to see the season go to a playoff and get to that level, because if that happens, and those revenues go there. That funds what they do. And it's also the time where marching band is highlighted. They get their segment of time as part of that football game. But I think the SSAC really shortchanged and underestimated marching bands and those who support marching bands in this state and those who support the fine arts in this state, to be quite honest. Mutual exclusivity is something that we're lacking as a society, and there are people that forget that you can't support both of those. There are parents that have kids in both of those activities. I can't imagine what that was like for a day or two in some of those households where maybe big sisters in the marching band little brother plays football why can one activity continue but why is my thing sidelined that's anguish for a lot of parents that they didn't need to go through but in allowing football to continue and proposing to stop marching band this year that's the message that the SSAC was sending less than two weeks after putting out a clear pro participation message I want to play this for you. It's a clip of an interview Bernie Dolan did with Chad Hedrick of WSAZ after that meeting on August 13th, where he laid out that line about participation. He was asked about marching bands in a live television interview with Chad Hedrick of WSAZ, and here's what he had to say:
2: "The marching bands will be part of our uh, um, the part of the color code." to say whether or not we can have marching band uh, at the event or not. Again, that brings a lot of people fairly close together, uh, and so those will be uh, decisions
1: we'll be making based on the color code. Only that's not what happened. The color code had zero to do with the initial ruling and the initial decision to not have marching band. That was a statewide mandate, regardless of whether you were in the green, the yellow, the red, or the orange. Again, that's Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the WVSSAC to WSAZ. Not exactly a glowing recommendation to move forward with marching band. You could already tell in his voice there was some trepidation with moving forward with it. And I'll be honest, I don't really understand why Maybe there are some legitimate health concerns there with particles and and whatnot. I understand that. I think you just need to give marching bands a little bit more room to spread out and to play so they're not on top of one another like they have been in the past. A lot of times they're huddled together in a small section of bleachers or side by side. I think you spread them out a little bit more this year than before, and that can easily be accomplished, be it through temporary bleachers or be it through stick up folding chairs at some of these venues behind the end zones and let the kids spread out that way. But either way, there are ways to do it. You can hide behind health all you want, but at the end of the day, if you listen to that answer that Bernie Dolan gave, it seems like he wasn't closed at that point to the possibility of marching band, but he certainly wasn't giving it the rubber stamp either. And then you look at the guidelines that were released this week. Let me read some of these things for you. They're allowed to play the national anthem before the game, do their halftime shows at home football games, and that, that's understandable. I think everybody knew marching Bands weren't going to go on the road this year. And I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think that's a good outcome out of this. But here are some of the recommendations. a Designation of a separate seating area for band members that's not the bleachers. This one doesn't make any sense. Designation of a separate seating area for band parents and families. What if you have a kid in the band in the football? Which section do you sit in? You can go to church. You can go to work. You can go get your hair cut. You can stand in the line of Walmart next to a band parent. But I guess you can't sit next to him at a football game. That doesn't make any sense. They're requiring that only the percussion section be permitted to play during the game. I don't know what's the harm in playing a fight song and again, particles. You have to talk to the, the folks in band that know a little bit more about that than I do. A recommendation that face coverings be worn while performing when possible. I think we're all going to be expecting face coverings when possible at high school football games this year. Here's the asinine one. Recommendation that band members and families enter and exit the facility separately from athletes and their families when possible. I get separating the fan bases, having the home fans enter in one gate and the visiting fans enter in the other gate. That makes sense. These are folks from two different communities and if we can limit that intermingling between those communities that's probably for the best but like i said the same thing applies you can work with someone in a band family you can go to church with them you can stand in line at the grocery store next to them but you can't sit, you can't enter the same gate at the football game because that's too much contact. I don't know. But my problem with this is when I read these, uh, there are some of these guidelines that say, as per NFHS guidelines, the NFHS is the National Federation of High School Sports, and that is the group that governs all athletics, and they make recommendations for all athletics in the country. When I read that, right away, the alarm bell that signals in my head is that there are national recommendations for how high school marching bands can and could have participated this season, but the WVSSAC was just going to say, no, we're not going to do any of that, and you're not having a marching band season. I don't imagine competitions will happen this year. I don't imagine, I don't follow it enough to know whether that's happened. I know in Ohio they've been banned. I know there's been some people in other states that have told me their marching seasons are canceled, or their kids' marching seasons are canceled, but there are national regulations that are out there. I'm going to try to say this in a non-political way or in as non-political way as possible. But during COVID, a lot of the confusion has been caused by the fact that state and local officials are making decisions for their areas. And there are some areas that need to be regulated better by federal officials or the need to have had better federal leadership and direction. And so a lot of things are falling on state and local officials' plates and things that they didn't necessarily expect to have to do as part of their job. So if you're Bernie Dolan, he's probably dealing with a lot of things that he did not Expect to have to deal with when he took the role of WVSSAC executive director. But here's an area where there are national guidelines. These are national guidelines that a group has put together for bands across the country it would have been really easy to take a look at those and apply those to West Virginia. The template's been set, but rather than look at those with the stakeholders at hand, the decision was first made and then eventually rescinded, which he had to figure it would be. The decision was made to eliminate bands from football this year. Had one coach tell me that his son who plays said, wow, if there's no fans, if there's no marching bands, it's not really going to be a fun year, is it? The football players knew they were going to miss the bands. The coaches knew they were going to miss the bands. And I'm going to give some credit. I can't name names because I don't know all the names, but I know there were some coaches that were vocal about this. And I know there were some coaches that were very glad to see their band directors get to participate too. I happened to be with Ritchie County head coach Rick Hott when we heard about bands coming back for high school football. I'm the one who told him. And then maybe five minutes later, his band director came down the hall and they had a moment and they rejoiced in the news together. They were glad. Hot was legitimately glad that the marching band at Ritchie County was able to participate this We get too rooted in the past, the stereotype of the football coach that's football only, that doesn't want to see other extracurriculars for what they are, that doesn't want to give the band credit, the cheerleaders credit. There are a lot more coaches in this area than maybe you realize that give the whole community credit, and they credit the cheerleaders, the band, the parents, the boosters, everybody for being part of their program. It's one community, and it's a unity that often is a key ingredient in championship-winning programs. Everyone on the same page pulling together and supporting one another. There are a lot of coaches that will also take time to tell me about their student-athletes in other realms and in other extracurriculars that they're in. More so than I've ever seen before in the last 10 years, there are even football programs that let their players participate in the marching band during the games. I've seen players in full uniform out playing a trombone or a tuba. Coaches are about participation first and their student-athletes first. To the football coaches that spoke up or were vocal or supportive in any way of these band directors and band families, kudos to them. Good on you. That's what you should have been doing anyway. You have that position of power for a reason and I'm glad you're able to use that influence to help in any way. I know I work for a company and we work in an industry where we're there to cover the football game. That's what our sponsors and advertisers have paid us to do and that's what my job is to do. People have questioned us from time to time, why don't you give the band time on the radio broadcast? It's valid because those kids work hard as well and they deserve the recognition. It's not practical because we don't have the equipment, the time, or the technology to properly wire that for sound so that the students are heard as they need to be heard. In other words, we don't have ways to do it where you're not hearing too much of the woodwinds, too much of the trombones, too much of whoever. I think there are better outlets for marching band, too, I've long been in the theory that if I were running a radio station, I would hire a social media reporter before I would hire a sideline reporter. And my social media reporter would shoot Facebook Live videos at the half. And the audio problem might exist, but at least you can see the formations, the flags, the props, all that stuff. I think Facebook would be a better outlet for it. And these pay-per-view streams are going to pop up this year. Those are going to be a great outlet for that. We're there to talk about football. We're there to give scores of other games at the half. We're there to get our commercials in at the half. were are there to bring stats of the game in progress. I try to highlight the bands and notice let people know what they're hearing in the background. But like I said, I think there are better ways to do that than the radio broadcasts. That having been said, I recognize fully and freely that marching band plays a vital role in the lives of these young men and women. When I was in high school, I wasn't in the marching band, but most of my friends were. At lunchtime, I noticed that they would disappear not long after we ate lunch, and they would go to the band room, and for a long time I didn't know if I was welcome in there. I didn't have that band director, a guy by the name of Dan Thomas. I did not have him as an instructor. He didn't know me from anyone else. He knew who I was because he knew I announced the football games. I was the PA announcer at St. Mary's High School, my sophomore. More through senior years. So he knew me through that and he dealt with me a couple times having in having announcements for me to read. And then he got to know me because I was friends with a lot of his students. I don't remember how it happened, but they let me know at some point that it was okay if I came in the band room at lunch and hung out with him, and I got to know Dan Thomas that way. He knew who I was and saw some things in me, and he paid me, and I've never told him this. I would always I would love to do it. He paid me one of the kindest compliments and one of the most meaningful compliments during my high school years. He once told me, he thought I did an excellent job announcing and doing the public address. I believe I was a junior when he told me this. And he marveled at the poise that I had in that job as someone that was so young. And I wasn't the easiest going of teenagers. I was awkward. I was shy. I was not at all self-confident in a lot of ways. But when I got behind the microphone, I was just fine because I knew I could deliver the goods. I knew I could do the job. And I knew that I had what it took back there. I had that inner confidence in that role. And to be honest, in not enough other places when I was in high school. But Dan Thomas took the time. He saw that in me. I'll never forget how that felt. That compliment meant more to me than he'll ever know, than I'm ever able to express. Band directors are just one more group of people that oversee your kids and that help raise your kids and that influence your kids and that shape their futures and shape their lives. Kids need all the influences and all the positive influences that they can get. And for someone like him that never even had me as a student, he gave me one of the finest compliments I've ever had. And I, I wasn't someone who was short on influences, but many of these people that we're talking about, many of these kids are short on positive role models, and they are short on good influences in their lives. We can't take away that activity that provides that release. We can't take away that time with our friends. We can't take away that time with positive role models. Another thing that was in short supply during this fiasco was the understanding of mutual exclusivity. I mentioned that phrase earlier. It means understanding that if one thing is true, another thing that's true doesn't have to be in conflict with that other thing. I saw way too many people circulating petitions, making posts along the lines of, well, if there's no band, then there should be no football. Well, I understand the fairness of one versus the other, but... I wouldn't actively seek to deny an activity from an individual that has it versus an individual or group that doesn't have it. Sanctioning bodies do that, and I think when that happens as parents, that's the lesson you need to teach is that life is not always fair. But as a parent, to actively pursue that, I think you're instilling the message of, well, if you have something and I want it or I don't get what I want, then I'm going to work to take what you have. And I don't think that's a good message or lesson to teach either. Was it fair? No, it wasn't fair. But the lesson and the messaging shouldn't have been, well, if we can't do A, then we shouldn't do B. It should have been, let's find ways for everyone to participate so we can all have some joy in a time where we've had so many things taken from us. Too many people forgot mutual exclusivity. I'm glad that we're able to have band and football both because both of them are valued parts of the high school experience. There are other bits of news and notes, and it seemed like we needed to have some separation. There have been some fan attendance guidelines brought forth from the WVSSAC, and it doesn't look like anyone will be allowed at games this year other than immediate family members. I know this is going to be tough when there are step-parents, grandparents involved, aunts and uncles that are involved that really want to go to these things. I say that this is something that we all probably should have been preparing for. We all should have known this year was going to look and feel a lot different as fans and as anybody consuming high school football. I'm sorry to see it happen this way, but maybe things will get better and the situation will improve later. The WVSSAC has said they'll monitor all this stuff a couple weeks into the season and maybe put out some more guidelines. A lot of people are looking to streaming and some of them are doing it on pay-per-view. 1455 Media has a schedule again. They're back for their second season. They've got a new outlet. It's F55 Live on Facebook. Go to Facebook and like F55 Live. And they've got some games coming up as soon as Friday. Marietta and Warren, a rivalry in the Ohio side, Uh, they meet Friday on F55 Live. They've also got a full slate so go to 1455media.com or F55 Live and see their whole slate there. Other games in Ohio this week, in addition to that Marietta Warren game you can find on F55 Live, is Belbury Shenandoah. We'll get back to that one in a minute. Frontier and Southern, and then on Saturday, it's River and Bel Air. Marietta Warren, Belbury Shenandoah, Frontier Southern are Friday games, River and Bel Air. That's a Saturday game this weekend. But Marietta Warren streaming on F55 Live, that is a pay-per-view site and it's really cool what they're doing. They're sharing a portion of the proceeds with the schools involved, so that way, they can make up some of the money from the gate receipts that they'd be losing out on and still have enough money to cover the production costs, because those things have production costs and the product that you're going to be getting on at 14.55 is a quality product. It's going to be worth your money. That's a good way to give back to the schools as well and to show the schools you support them. Belpris Shenandoah will be the debut of new Belpris head coach Lance Beneger. He had been hired as an assistant for head coach Mike Duvall. Duvall stepped aside because of some health issues and Beneger steps up. Of course, he had a good three-season run at Parkersburg Catholic. They went 0-8 in his first season, but 7-3 and three in the playoffs in Season 2 back in 2018. That was just a, an amazing turnaround. And then in Season 3, Benninger was 6-4, and four, and the Crusaders were just out of a playoff spot. So 13-7 in your last two regular seasons, and just out of a playoff spot in the second of those with a playoff appearance to boot. Uh, coming off of a year where you were 0-8, pretty good notch in Lance Benninger's belt and a pretty good line on his resume. So we'll see if he provides the golden touch to the Golden Eagles this year. And another schedule change, October 30th, Peyton City will host Bellsville, Ohio. It didn't look for a while like Bellsville would have a season, and it doesn't look like they've opted into the playoffs so they scheduled that game for October 30th and they will play at Payton City October 30th. Bellsville at Payton City. Uh, yet another schedule change this season.
0: Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show.
1: Let's take a look at this week's poll question, We Asked You. If fans were allowed on high school games this season and you typically attended games in the past, would you feel comfortable attending this year? And this was a question that I posted as a poll. For whatever reason, Facebook pulled that poll. It, or it disappeared from my page. I've not been able to repost polls ever since. We'll get to that in just a few moments. But I had an original poll posted a week ago Monday, and it disappeared. The original poll I know had at least two or three people that said no to this question and a lot of people that said yes. But for whatever reason, that post went away. Can't find it, Can't access it. I've tried multiple times. I've even asked Facebook if they can get to that issue because I like posting these poll questions as multiple choice questions. Maybe we'll find a different way to do it or a different means of doing it. But either way, uh, that was the question and originally some people had said no but I believe it was about 11 to 2 in favor of yes. I went ahead and asked it without the poll widget put in. We had 11 comments. Most of those comments, I believe 10 of the 11 were people saying yes and then one was someone asking a gentleman if he would say yes. I think they'd all feel fine most of them wouldn't miss my son's playing for anything in the world says Christina Ball a lot of the people that answered were people that have kids that play and that's typical if you have kids that play you're going to want to see those kids play the question really was for people I think that as originally intended for people that maybe don't have kids and maybe consumed football and went to a game or two or even all the games in a year uh, but didn't have any family connections to the program so obviously if you do you're probably going to go to these games and again I think a lot of people are looking for this as their outlet and that's an outlet it for people, and they're glad to have it back. So, again, that's the poll question this week, and I think that with Crowns Limited, uh, you're going to have to find different ways to support the program. And again, this shouldn't be a surprise that they're limited. Don't take it out on the schools. It's not the schools' call. This was a WVSSAC decision, and Ohio has state guidelines that made similar moves there. So don't take it out on the schools. They're dealing with enough right now. It's not the schools' fault. Try to find other ways to support your program, though. Make sure you're wearing that gear on game day. Fly your team's flag. Put that bumper sticker on your car. Send that Facebook message or Facebook post on your favorite team player's Facebook wall. Put a sign in your yard. Do whatever you gotta do, but these young men and and their coaches, they're going to need your support more this year than probably ever before. Find ways to let them know that you care. Find ways to reach out to them, and that's going to mean a lot more to people than you would imagine. Plus, there's always radio. You can listen to us on the radio for the games that we'll have on our stations, and there's pay-per-view streaming for a lot of schools. That's a new pro too, so be patient with that as it's implemented a lot of places. Either way, there are different ways we're going to have to connect to high school sports this year. Be mindful of that, but also be respectful of those that are just enforcing rules that are trying to keep people safe. The Countdown to Kickoff preseason preview series just wrapped up on Light Rock 93R's Facebook page, and we talked to the head coaches of 11 different schools. If you haven't seen those, go to Light Rock 93R's Facebook page. Like the page if you haven't, but go find those videos of your favorite coach and some of your least favorite coaches. But either way, go find those videos and learn about the programs this year. At Williamstown, for Chris Beck, he's got the challenge of stepping into a new role this year.
2: I was on staff with Coach Smith for 12 years, and I never wanted to see him go. I don't think anybody did, but I got to learn from, you know, what I consider one of the best high school coaches we've had in West Virginia history, especially a small public single A school. The success he's had, the impacts he's, he's had is unbelievable. But I'm very grateful and fortunate to be in this chair, to be able to coach a team that I played for and been an assistant coach for the last 12 years. Grew up here in Williamstown. Being a Yellow Jacket when I was a little kid was one of my biggest dreams. And I, of course, I did play football and had a heck of a time doing that under Coach Buttry. And to be in this, is it's just really like a dream come true for me. Outside of my family, you know, this program, means more than me, probably than anything. I'm very thankful to have the support of my wife Mallory and my daughter Charlie. It's just like a dream being able to be around these guys and these assistant coaches and help this community.
1: It also helps that Beck has a returning quarterback in Braden Modisett. He's a leader
2: leader without a doubt. Last year he competed for the starting quarterback job with Trevor Oates. Uh, It was a great competition right up to the first game. Brain got it. I've seen Brain grow last year, and this year, there's no doubt about it, I think this is his team. And last year, I'm not sure that was the case. I think it grew into his team a little bit towards the end. Definitely more of a take charge attitude this year. Definitely leading by example. His teammates respect him and listen to him. I'm expecting a really big year out of him. We're gonna put a little bit more in his hands on offense. Green's just really progressed and knowing the offense and what the expectation of him is.
1: That's Williamstown head coach Chris Beck over at Marietta. They got a new quarterback they're pretty excited about, and people should be excited about the Tigers, says head coach Jason Schobe. We've had a really good offseason, and I'm really, really proud of the kids. It's been a fun, fun group to coach. Um, they've really bought in, and we pushed the kids a little bit more than we had the last few years, um, and they've just beaten they've it up. I'm really, really excited. I think we have good team chemistry. The kids are coachable, and it's just a fun group to coach. those quality kids. Schobe's planning to start dynamic threat Skirberg quarterback. He's pretty fleet of foot, um, so we're going to try to get him to the edge, use his legs as much as we can. Uh, he played quarterback through eighth grade, uh, actually through ninth grade. He was our JV quarterback his freshman year and then transitioned to receiver because Corbin was ahead of him. And so he's going to make the transition back to quarterback his senior year. Um, and we're excited to see what he can do. That's Marietta head coach Jason Chobu, also says the Tigers are transitioning to a 3-4 defense this year to get more bigger bodies up front. The Parkersburg Big Reds of head coach Mike Bias have a lot of experience from last year. They were young last year, not so much. Their quarterback, Bryson Singer, he's bulked up as well and done some good work in the weight room to be prepared for the season.
0: It's a natural progression as far as learning the offense and being more comfortable in the offense, having the game slow down a little bit for you. Now when he's calling the play that I've relayed to him out there, he's seeing the big picture in it. And he's understanding what the blocking scheme is in front of him, and he's getting to where he can finish the play now. And that's what you like with your quarterback. When you start to tell him a play in and, and they're, I, I got it. <laughs> You know, you know, he's getting to that point. And then he was getting so big upper body, he actually had to back off a little bit to maintain his suppleness and his ability to be flexible and throw a football and shoot a basketball right. and, and all that, but... You'd rather have a young man like that who has to back off a little bit with and make sure he's doing flexibility exercises than you would who you have to prod and poke all the time just to get to do something. So
1: As Singer is a leader for Bias's offense, so too is Michael Owen for the Big Reds defense.
0: This young man one day wants to be a coach. He can go be a coach, but he'll play strong safety, free safety, any receiver spot we want. Quarterback knows our offense as good as I do and I mean it. He could just stand out there is is Michael Owen. He understands strategies of the game he knows when to when to feel. He has a second sense out there when he's an outside linebacker or strong safety. So all the kids don't have that kind of thing. So Having a coach on
1: the field, essentially. Yeah, it
0: is. He's a good one. He's a good
1: one. That's PHS head coach Mike Bias. Tyler Consolidated has got a brand new complex this year. New field turf, new lights, a new eight-lane all-weather track, new bleachers on both sides of the field, a new scoreboard, a new press box. Everything's new, including a lot of the players. Mark Rucker, one of the best and most decorated players from that program in their history, graduated. He's moved on where he's walking on at However, there is some talent left in Ryan Walton's cupboard in Kidwell.
0: Hunter Throckmort, he's worked hard. He's put on some size, put on some weight, done faster. He's going to get a shot in the backfield this year along with Case Landis, Ty Walton, Trenton Huffman, several other guys, you know, Austin Timmons. It's going to be by committee to uh, get the job done this year.
1: That's Tyler Consolidated head coach Ryan Walton. On to Payton City. It's the second year for head coach Zach Heasley. was 3 and 7 in year one, and though the numbers aren't where he'd like them to be, he says there are some things that will be better in year two.
2: I think what will improve is the values of what we carry. So the values of what we carry for our program, whether we have 12 kids or 1,200 kids, does not change. The guys understand what I expect of them, what they expect of me and that carries into this season and it gets better. So I think our chemistry is going to be a little better. Their understanding of of what we do with our schemes offensively and defensively is going to get better. So that's what I think is going to be really good for us this year is the understanding of what they need to do on the field and even understanding when like say you get in the open field you might not know what to cut this way or the other way but now they understand because we practice it two years in a row.
1: That's Payton City head coach Zach Heasley. At River High School, head coach Mike Flannery always is looking to his seniors. They had a big year last year, and they're expecting more from that group this year.
0: Every year it seems to be the seniors, but this is a pretty special group of guys. Seven guys return back, all of them starters. We're looking to do good things as long as we can get the season in.
1: That's River Head Coach Mike Flannery. So again, Williamstown, Marietta, Parkersburg, Title Consolidated, Payton City, and River teams we talked about this week. You can find those complete interviews as well as those for Magnolia, St. Mary's Frontier, Parkersburg, South, and Ritchie County on our Light Rock 93R Facebook page. We'll play some snippets of Magnolia, St. Mary's Frontier, South, and Ritchie next week on the program. And don't forget this Friday here on our Seven Rangers radio stations, V96.9, Light Rock 93R, and WXCR from 7 to 9.30. We'll have our countdown to kickoff preseason preview special. We'll run down the outlooks, talk about the teams in our area. You'll also hear from those head coaches we talked about just a few minutes ago. That's 7 to 9, 30, two and a two-and-a-half-hour countdown to kickoff preseason preview special. That's this Friday on Light Rock 93R, WXCR, and V96.9. Our poll question this week, and again, we don't have the widget working to allow you to actually vote yes or no, so you'll have to enter this in. I've asked Facebook if they could fix this, and, and they haven't been able to get back to me yet. Will the high school football season or even Any fall sports season be played to completion this season? That's our poll question. Answer that to your heart's desire. Just leave a comment if you wish, a yes or no, or you can elaborate if you'd like. Will the high school football season or any fall sports season be played to completion this season? That's our poll question. We ask you to vote there. Like us on Facebook if you haven't already done so. Though if you're listening, there's a good chance you have. We thank you for that. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. Download us either place. We're glad to have the support. Next week, you'll hear from those coaches at Magnolia, St. Mary's Frontier, Parkersburg South, and Ritchie Counties. We'll also look at your a poll question that poll question we just read you a moment ago we'll try as best we know now to preview the schedules for the teams in our area this season and if there's any news notes or developments and if it's like this week there will be we'll keep you up to date on the latest as well thank you for your time we want to thank all of our guests for their time as well I'm your host Eric Little I'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast
0: this has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll come back next week for another new episode and thanks for listening.